0: This stuff is really gross. It's really, um, it's like the opposite of uh, Topps gum. What they is Zyl- it? Like Xylitol? Well, I'm, I think I've got one of those uh, uh, small batch artisanal gums, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. in like a little box. It looks like it's very expensive. Yeah, yeah. But you had a mint and that made me envious. Well, yeah, I've
1: got um, pretty mm. good, pretty good mints in here, actually. What kind of, what kind of mints you got? These are, uh, what are these things? Pyramint, Pyramints, they're called. Py- py-
0: pyra- pyramids Mm, they, they come in a tin.
1: They come in like an Altoid style tin. Mm. Pure mint, peppermint, with the beneficial herbs of parsley, chlorella, and chamomile, and real mint okay. oil. The,
0: the chlorella is not cholera, not to be confused with cholera. The cholera is a made up. Hang on. Okay, They're by Meltzer's, which is not to be confused with Felchers. <sighs> God, that was slimy gum. I used to get filters when I was a kid. That's uh, that cinnamon blackjack gum. Is that what that is? Cloves. You ever had the clove gum? The cloves they put in it. I've no, I have not had that.
1: Mm. Mm. I Black have brown. not had that.
0: What was it Charleston chews? What was your What was your chew you liked? Oh, bump, right? oh
1: yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Goldenberg's. Well, Goldenberg. <laughs> Goldenberg. Goldenberg. <laughs> Goldenberg chews. Flavin. You know, I. You know, it's one of those things though. You see somebody it's like yawning. You see somebody enjoying a mint or having some gum, and it kind of makes you want some. Mm-hmm. I think. No, it really does. I think that's human nature. I think whatever you see someone else doing,
1: you want to do it. Yes, absolutely. Even if you (laughs) just know that someone has done it like this,
0: Mm -hmm. you think you better go and try and get it yourself. I think people are like that with cars. You see somebody with a car, you want a car. Anyway, it's like, (laughs) you remember the tops? Did you ever, you know, you get the tops, and I always felt obligated to chew the gum. Um, You know, I wanted the cards, right? Mm -hmm. And and so I, I felt like I couldn't just throw the gum away, but it was like... I don't know. It was like eating stained glass or something would crack and it got worse. Did you remember this? Like by the time you were a kid, that it was, it was awful. I can't imagine what kind of gum you faced when you were a kid, young man like you, me, the tops gum, the tops gum got worse. I, when I started buying tops cards in whatever the mid seventies, it was bad. And by the time I'd stopped buying tops and I'd stopped buying whatever, you know, uh, what did I get? Like wacky packs or whatever. Oh yeah. I mean, did you ever, do you eat the gum? You're, you're a careful eater.
1: Not anymore. I don't have gum. No. My teeth are too, you know, too valuable to me.
0: I didn't believe that when my grandmother would say that, but it's really true. Your don't teeth, chew gum. It's bad for your teeth. Bad for your teeth. It'll rot your teeth. They'll rot your teeth right out of your head. Mm, mm. If you don't like it, go live This your stuff father. is disgusting. I, 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 it was disgusting when I bought it. I think it might be uh, like counterfeit gum, you know, like you get from Mexico. Oh. The ping pong. Hmm. Mm. Mm. How you doing? How you doing? Me? Good week? It's all right. Hmm. Been all right? You seem uh, you've become more equivocal. You're equivocal. Kinda, you're the one who's, it's your show. You're I, incorrigible. I, mm, incorrigible. <laughs> I've, I, I respect your, <laughs> I respect your, your. Give me your my space. Equivity. I'll give you your space. I'll give you a pack of five spaces. <laughs> Still haven't met you. I know. Are you going to get taller, do you think? I am hopeful every day.
1: I'm what, using that, uh, that stuff. Rogue? That stuff you sent.
0: Oh, the stuff I sent.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Is that the the essential herbs? The oil, the essential, the essential
0: oils. <laughs> essential oils. <laughs> um. When you and the bass bath salts you sent, thank you. Hmm. Um. Hmm. When you when you order, say an American Apparel shirt, what size do you order? You medium. Um, medium. Medium. And medium. How, how tightly does that fit you? Is it tailored? Is it like an English cut? Uh... It's you know Europeans are more slender. You get a European suit. It's I would fit a little better. I would say that it
1: is it is it looks like a slim fit or slightly tailored, but it's not skin tight or anything. It's not nipple articulating, <laughs> if, if you will, if you, as you if do. you'll allow it.
0: Hmm, I'll allow. I'll allow. Have you seen that Spider-Man with the sixty-seven points of articulation? Um. I, no. 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 Oh man. Well, you know, you get a, you get a good doll, and it's got a, a lot of articulation. I do like a good doll. It, go go search for Spider Man sixty seven points of articulation.
1: Sixty seven points. Sixty seven points. Hold of articulation. on, articulation. Found it out. Spider-Man. Use your
0: words, man. So you see that, and you go look at that. You want to put whole, the video deep, in there? Crap. No, no, no. Um, but look at him. Look at how look at how articulate he is. If you go and look at that woman, that shows all of his poses. You can make all of those poses. <laughs> There's one of that's them sort either. of lounging. Yeah, it looks it looks like he's having a have fly down. That's a that's a long day.
1: How did I miss out on how did I miss out on this stuff?
0: Well, somebody made him flip the bird. He's got that much articulation look that he that. can do that is nuts. And this is Peter Parker, right? Yeah. This is Peter Parker. This is really good. Now I gotta get thanks, cause now I gotta get this thing. Okay, can I ask you this? How much do you think it costs? Sixty bucks. I think it's hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my god. So I looked at it, and even I, wow. who just buy stuff I know, in this man. vertical all the time, I, I'll just pick up this hardcover copy of AVX, even though I own all of them. Right. And I said, You know, that's kind of a lot of dough. I, points of articulation, notwithstanding. My <laughs> Phoenix, my Phoenix and my Dark Phoenix, a lot of articulation. You don't collect where, do you, where do you buy this thing? Oh, a, I got a guy. I got a guy. Do you have one of these yet? Hmm? Spider Man? Dolls of you know America? What? I got to tell you, I put it on my wish list, but it's, it's in that price point that uh, makes me a little itchy. That's the kind of thing the wife finds a receipt for. 62 oh. bucks, I found it for. Okay. Here's the thing your wife finds a receipt for a 65 uh, bucks on Amazon.
1: Yes. Wow. Wow. All right, so that's she, in the show she, notes. Where do they go to find the show notes, Merlin?
0: Uh, Dan, people can find show notes for this episode at 5by5.tv slash B2W slash 93. That's B is in boy, 2 is in the number, and W is in women. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've probably had this happen. There are certain receipts we just don't show our, our people. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's a, uh, it's a Black Ops type operation. <laughs> right. So you say, okay, yes, honey, I spent $160... On a Spider-Man, what you're failing to understand is that there are 67 points of articulation. Right? Yeah. And she says, why can't we have better insurance? And I say, look, <laughs> his feet have like four different ways to move. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I was actually wanting to talk about comics. But your week's going okay. You sound, you sound, uh, you sound good. Did you eat? Yeah. I had,
1: uh, I had a really good paleo-friendly lunch today, actually, even though they oh. screwed it up the first time. Never screwed it up before. In the year and a half, never once made a mistake. When you say they, is that
0: a food vendor or some of your staff?
1: Uh, what do you mean when you say staff?
0: Well, like your rod and your staff, they comfort you, right? Okay. Okay. I uh,
1: referred to it as a scepter.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, uh, no, it has seriously, one the. point uh, of articulation. Or one at least point. It used to. It used to. <laughs> it just doesn't articulate now. We. Like I've been swimming. No, I went to the Elevation Burger.
1: Which is you really get, get really great.
0: Lettuce or what do you do?
1: You get a lettuce wrap if you want it, and uh, if you say bacon and mustard, usually you get bacon and mustard. Other times you get like today you get bacon and mushrooms. Oh,
0: so we a homonym.
1: We were given uh, so many apologies, and we were actually given
0: two free hamburgers. So as see, a see that's for that next is how time. You, that is how you do right there. That is how you that's how you treat a customer. That is nice. Hmm. Hmm. My wife's back off the, uh, off the weed. She, she, she was back on the weed a little bit and she actually felt bad. She had a tummy ache and she got tired. I'm telling you, I think this thing might be real. Hey, did you see Rob Wolf knows who I am? How weird is that? I, yeah, I, I mean, first of all, he's, he's so
1: cool and he was on that episode of, uh, the daily edition I used to do a long time ago and he's super cool and he's like single-handedly responsible for like the health of my whole family. Uh, and I, yeah, well, I think it's great that he knows you. You were hanging out with him now? Working no, out at the gym?
0: No, no, I don't work and I don't go out. So, oh. uh, no, 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 no. My main exercise is hiding receipts. <laughs> <laughs> they got and the BPA in those. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Remember when everybody said you had to have a Nalgene b- b- bottle? Oh, you got to get your Nalgene bottle. And then suddenly you couldn't have a Nalgene bottle anymore. Never heard of either of those things. Yes, you have. It's those, it's those stupid bottles with the wide mouth everybody used to carry around looking smug. And then they said they got BPAs. Hmm. What's a BPA duty if you get a BPA? It rubs off. Rubs off on you. Hmm. Kind of. Kind of like a, a slender lady. <laughs> anyway, I yeah. <laughs> I used to go back when I was on the Atkins. I had a. Uh, I wish I could find this for you. You know what? You know what I do? I do a. Uh, I do a uh, paleo friendly hot dog. I do a Chicago dog in a in a in lettuce. It's pretty good. You know, celery salt. You wouldn't think of putting celery salt on a hot dog, but it turns out celery salt. Celery salt. So you sound good. You sound right. good. Thank you, thank you. I didn't eat much. We're reading comics this morning. I'm just going to mention. Can I mention this just in passing? What? Okay. Well, I want to talk about comics for just a minute. Why are you asking me? It's your show. Okay. Um. You know, we should just skip and talk. You want know, to? Can I ask? Do you still want to talk about Florida? This yeah, week?
1: I do. People. People had a pretty. I mean, they like. They like it. I guess. We didn't even get to talk about the educational system or traffic or anything.
0: It is so I got funny. a story
1: for you about the education system.
0: Oh, brother. See, that is... Look, look at this. It's on my list. Education. It's right nice. here. More on, it says a bullet two is more on Florida, education, touring Ridgewood, uh, junior high. It's right here on my list. Okay. I'll get past this quickly. Um, I, I have come to enjoy comic books, especially as my friend uh, John Roder calls it the marble comics. I read marble comics. He just does it to make me angry. Um, and, uh, and just, it's a big week. It's been a, it's a big time right now. If you, the reason I say this is if you have been interested in comics in Marvel stuff in the past, or if you think you might be again, well, God save you, hide the receipts title. But, um, I think 67 <laughs> points of articulation is pretty sick. That's sticky.
1: really good. You're not going to top that. Yeah. Like, not no. even you.
0: No, thank you. Thank you. I, uh, Right now, you know, what was it? DC 52? Is that what they called it a few years ago where DC rebooted all their the, big properties? N- the
1: new 52, I
0: believe. new 52, sorry.
1: And that, and, was, and that was a great jumping on point for folks who had not been keeping up with some of the DC series and some of the DC characters. Right. And it was a great jumping off point for many, many people who had long been reading those stories because they felt – like a jilted lover. They get
0: tired. Well, you know, exactly. Well, my daughter and I, um, when she started in Batman, we went out and got um, a TPB of like the er- earliest like detective, what's it called? Uh, big detective, detective man. What's, what was that series called? Detective, detective stories? Detective Comics. Detective Comics. It started at the beginning. And you know, the thing is, that's 1939. And sh- you can certainly jump in at many, many points, but I... I- I have experienced this as somebody who's really been enjoying X Men and uh, Avengers and Deadpool and stuff, but especially X Men. It's like you know, I think giant sized X Men is a great place to jump in. But even then, you're like, what is what is happening with these? If you want, it's like it's like it's like if you started watching All My Children or something, you'd be like, well, who is this man and why is he twins? You know? It's, yeah. And so uh, my understanding was that DC realized they had. Oh, and so the other thing is in comics, I'm realizing. People keep dying and redying and being born. And then you got the multiverses. It's really extremely confusing because you go out and pick up Age of Apocalypse. You buy, read that and you're like, oh, it was a dream. It's all Bobby Ewing. It actually happened in another universe. It doesn't count. And so supposedly that was a big hit for DC, right? Because they brought life back to all of these, these characters, these old franchises, and they kind of got a fresh start. Fair? Very fair. And you, you, you like that, that Batman in particular a lot, right? I love I love
1: the Batman title. I did start reading detective comics and I I read uh Batman Dark Knight a little bit and very quickly just stuck with just Batman, which is a long time, you know, favorite of mine to read anyway. But uh that mm-hmm. comic with Scott Snyder and uh the, the amazing uh amazing work that's coming out of that, it it's that's a great book to read.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and the nice thing is that I I I started I haven't gotten very far in that. But it, it's a nice feeling to know you're in on kind of the ground floor of something that's potentially kind of cool. I mean, not, not, not for the cool aspect, but for the sense of like, okay, I don't have to sit here and learn about retcon and like when Rogue was bad and then good and then bad. And why is Emma Frost even allowed on the team when she keeps screwing everybody over? And it's, it's all very confusing. So the reason I mentioned this is that Marvel is doing something right now that I think is a little controversial, not for me, which is called Marvel Now. Which is that they're doing something similar with uh, really tons of their best known titles. You're you're aware of this, Dan. I know you're not a fan, but you're aware of this. Marvel Now! That's right. It's all caps and an exclamation point. Because before I didn't, at first I didn't know what you meant. Marvel Now! Yeah. Serenity Now! (laughs) And um, and I, I know this is so boring to everybody, but like four of you. But I'm just gonna say very quickly: they had a they did this event like every summer, right? They'll do like a big comic event, and sometimes it's super lame. But they've done this one. They did this 12 part series called Avengers versus X Men, and it uh, that I think you did you read the whole thing or part of it? I have not read any of it. Okay, well it follows on the heels. Like if you want to go all the way back to to get this full arc, I would say read House of M and Avengers Disassembled, and if you can make it through all the Messiah stuff, it's really worth reading. But it all leads up to, like, stuff's been going down for a while in the Marvel Universe. AVX is like the Phoenix Force is back. It's really crazy. I really liked AVX. I thought it was really good. I put in show notes. You can now buy the entire thing in one digital thing on Comixology. I think it's well worth reading. And on the heels of that came um, AVX, Avengers vs. X-Men Consequences, which is this five-part series that is really, really good, maybe better than AVX. And it represents, it's like the, uh, I don't know, it's like the John the Baptist of Marvel now. It's like, you know, there's something big coming and it really helps explain it. Why am I telling you this? Because some of these are really good. Some of them have already come out. Uncanny um, Avengers has come out very much on the heels of AVX. I think that's really good. Um, Brian Posehn, the uh, wonderful comic and nerd, is now the co-writer of a new Deadpool that I thought was a riot. Very fun and Deadpool-y. And so, like, what? You got Deadpool. Iron Man 1 came out last week. Uh, Adventure Time PBB got that, too. Um, And this week, this week, 11-14, we get Fantastic Four, number one. All-New X-Men, number one. X-Men Legacy, number one. And Thor, God of Thunder, number one. If you are one of the four or five wretched individuals who's interested in getting back into comics, I think it's kind of an interesting time. And uh, I, I, like I say, I, I do, I mean, you can get better advice from bigger nerds, but I think House of M is really worth reading. And Avengers Disassembled also is, is terrific. I think I'm getting this in the wrong order. But, um, but if nothing else, you know, have a look at maybe AVX Consequences will get you all you need in five issues to see kind of where things roughly are set up. But, but even if you don't, you can dive straight in. And of course, in the Chris Claremont tradition, it will over explain a lot of things on the first page. So you don't have to be all caught up. But I just want to mention that because I'm super excited about uh, the X-Men tomorrow. It's, when did you when did cool. this
1: like uh, renaissance with you? And
0: do you really care? Yeah. When did this happen
1: with you? Because like when we started talking about this.
0: Yeah, I, I, was, I was still learning. I was learning. I, I was still spending time with my family instead of uh, reading the Wikia Marvel pages. I just, I don't, like, I don't remember. I can tell you. I can tell you exactly when. I, I, uh, I got a bee in my bonnet a few years ago. I, I, I think I've told you this. I mentioned this on an episode of Captain Jim's uh, Comic Shack. So we should put in notes. Because I, 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 it's the saddest and nerdiest I've ever been in my life on that show. Right? I know. You think you've heard me sad and nerdy. You yeah, know? really? <laughs> I think it's that Weird Al song. But um, I, uh, I bought the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men Omnibus which is something like giant size X-Men into, I want to say like the one forties or something. It's mm. like into the Kitty pride era, mm-hmm. kind of up to around days of future past. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why I just got it. And now if you want to buy it today, it's like super duper expensive. Uh, I think they'll do a reprint soon. Um, but I don't know. I, it just, something really grabbed me about it. And as I say, I talked about this in more passionate detail on the Captain Jim show, but um I don't, I'm don't. i not sure. I think part of it was my daughter kind of caught wind of some of this stuff and got interested in Avengers. And I, I don't know why, but something about the X-Men in particular really grabbed me. Like, as... I don't know. There's just something about the whole idea of why the X-Men exist that makes them special and different to me. And uh, it grabbed me and I got into it. And then in that weird, sad way, I got a little obsessed with catching up on what I didn't know. And now I have, like a legal box and a half of TPPs and comics. And I got a pull. It's just sad. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's, that's really it. I just, it's, it's something where, you know, when you're really interested or in my case, obsessed with something that's making you very happy, I think it's worth sharing with people. And I, am discovering that a lot of my pals out there used to really be into comics and then got a life. And now they're going through this similar kind of low level midlife crisis where this stuff appeals to them again. So I, I thought I'd mention it. Um, you know, that's probably not something you'll be super into, but it's worth looking at. So we got Fantastic Four. Then uh, next week, Indestructible Hulk one, Captain America one, Deadpool two. Um, then you got an uh, no, up Avengers coming in twelve five, Cable and X Force, no spoilers, new Avengers coming in January, February, you get Fearless Defenders one. It's gonna anyway, now through April there's gonna be like a new number one, I think almost every week. So that's all. Uh that was like forty five minutes, right?
1: Yeah, we're forty good 40, 50 minutes in.
0: And and you uh, do you do you want to put in one of your plugs for uh, you, you your vampire book? Is there anything besides the vampire book you're enjoying right now?
1: Well, I mean that's my that's my favorite thing to read. But I will tell you about something something yeah. new that's going on.
0: Is that still um, an ongoing series?
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. There's a new book uh, that's come out that's uh, put out by uh, Stan Sakai, who I'm sure you you know Stan Sakai.
0: My name sounds familiar.
1: He is the guy that does Usagi Yojimbo, the uh, oh, samurai awesome. rabbit, which is a very long-running book. I have every every issue of that book across all three volumes and all the specials, and I even have first appearance in Albedo number two uh, in a nine point six CGC slabbed copy. Only about ten of which exist in the world. That's a 9.6?
0: dot six nine dot six
1: nine dot six
0: nine
1: dot six. nine. Mm. Not six, and uh, he is working now on the uh, forty-seven Ronin book, which is I don't I don't remember if there's going to be four or five issues of it. But this is to to know the story of the forty-seven Ronin Merlin is to that's, know Japan.
0: That sounds really is that's that how I know know Japan is there, to
1: know the story of forty-seven Ronin is to know Japan is to know Japan. Okay, so go and pick this thing up. I mean, it's only going to cost okay, a couple today. bucks for crying out loud. Yeah, I'll do it. And uh, Um, this is this is great. If you like Stan Sakai, you're gonna love this. If you're interested in Japan, you might like it. If you like samurai, you might like it. Um, But this is a new project that's pretty cool that that I like. And uh, so there's that.
0: What issue is is it at right now? Number one,
1: just just started, just came out uh, last Wednesday. Oh, terrific. Okay, I'm there. Yeah, you're there. And as far as what else else, else, I read, I have cut way way back on what I read. I still read Spider Man, though I'm a little unhappy about what's supposed to be happening after spider-man number seven the end of the amazing this- spider-man and the uh, beginning of superior spider-man and it's not going to be peter- is still miles it's not going to be peter parker no miles that's you're thinking of miles over in the uh ultimate spider-man in that universe separate universe this is the uh, real uh, peter parker uh, spider-man well i thought he he's not going to be spider-man anymore i thought <laughs> issue 700 is the last issue of the amazing spider-man and uh, there will be Miles issue- is in a
0: different universe.
1: Yeah, they're not in the same universe. But if you want to see the crossover, you can read the amazing Spider-Men, which is a five part miniseries, which I read. And
0: killing me. you're killing me, Marvel.
1: This is why I can't put any kind of investment in, in Marvel or anything that Marvel does anymore. And the fact that like like the way that I feel about Marvel and, and Spider-Man is the way that most people felt about George Lucas and Star Wars. They just ple- let yeah. my people go. Let my people go.
0: I, I don't know enough history to say, but I, I have to wonder if this kind of started with things like something really good, like Days of Future Past, which is a a, a short but really good X Men storyline from right. the early '80s. I think it's one of the, it's it's really well done. But didn't isn't that technically an alternative yeah. alternate universe? Yeah.
1: All right. So I'll tell you tell you what I read. Okay, sorry. I read Batman.
0: Okay. Which one? Just Batman. The Batman. Two thousand eleven. One.
1: Just Batman. Okay. I read amazing Spider-Man until they kill it. I may or may not read Superior Spider-Man. I don't know. I mean, I'm probably going to buy the freaking thing, but it kills me. I read uh, Usagi Yojimbo. I'm reading this 47 Ronin. And of course, American Vampire. And there's a sort of a mini series that they do with American Vampire, which is they'll they'll do these mini series sometimes. Those are great. Recommend those. I don't think that I think that's it, man. I mean, once yeah, in a while, well, you've I'll pick been through up this.
0: something else. You walked this path, Dan Benjamin. You've been through this before.
1: I'm going to get this X Men though. This new X Men. See what happens there. See how bad they screw that up.
0: Did you read consequences yet?
1: Nope. Consequences, consequences. As long as I'm rich.
0: I think that's uh, mm-hmm. hmm. Well, all I'm saying is that it's a good. It's a really good lead in, and if, I don't know if you read any of the Messiah stuff. I thought the Messiah thing was great, and I've come to like Cable. I never thought I'd like him. But... How can you like him? He doesn't even have real powers or anything. He's just. Got oh he got something on his eye. Great hero. He took he took care of Hope. He had he had a little baby carrier. He had a little X Men baby Bjorn. <laughs> you, you, you 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 should you don't you should look at my my uh my my X Men vlog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he okay. made a little he made this little like juggernaut looking like spacesuit for her to wear so she'd be bulletproof. She she considers him her father. Okay. Okay.
1: Thor got a thunder number one. Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know. I used to love Thor.
0: Used to love Thor. I don't know. Uh, Thor, you know, Thor. Something about Thor gets under my skin. I don't know. There's parts of him I like. I like when he's being funny and against character. I like when he's with somebody else, but by himself, I don't know. It's like, can you beat Thor? You can't really beat Thor. It's you can't like beat Juggernaut. Him. Well, it's like Juggernaut. Like with Juggernaut, like oh, you Juggernaut just gets stronger and keeps beating your ass until you get his hat off, and you'll eventually get his hat off. <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't come up with a hat that's harder to get off. Please email Dan. <laughs> you know, we get it, you know?
1: I told you Cyclops was our... Uh,
0: Colossus was Juggernaut for a while. I've caught up to that. All right. But he's not a bad Juggernaut, right? Well, he's a Juggernaut. Mm. Hmm. And that was originally uh, Black Tom's brother, right? Black Tom. that no, was Juggernaut. Is the that, original Juggernaut is Professor. Do you is that to pr- say that? Hmm. That's probably a little bit ping pong. Hey, uh, can, can I tell you about something I like? I would love to hear this. Okay. Marvel now. It's all in notes. Put it all in notes. Um, you, do, do you know about this, uh, this uh, Shutterstock?
1: I have heard of this. You're apparently yeah. doing something creative with this
0: behind the scenes. <laughs> you know what I'm doing? I am... Uh, oh, gosh. Can, can time be wasted? Uh, I am spending time like playing with the iPad app because it is, it is so fun. Could you tell them a little bit about Shutterstock and their value proposition with regard to Fs and Bs? Wow.
1: Well, yeah. if, you, if you put it that way... Uh, then yes, I suppose I could do that uh, as soon as I find the document here. Oh yeah, somebody sent me this. So Shutterstock, this is what you do. You go to shutterstock.com and you're going to be able to see some of the most amazing images because these guys work with folks who are everywhere. They're all around the world. Uh, They have a fully international audience not audience for set of photographers. And it's really cool because what these guys do is they work with independent people everywhere. So when you're looking at all of this stuff, you know that these folks are completely like you're supporting, you're supporting this audience. You're supporting this group of amazing photographers, designers. And this is the cool thing about it. It's not just photographs. They have movies, they have video clips, they have illustrations, they have all kinds of art. They have everything. And if you want, when, and see, here's the thing, Merlin, they don't nickel and dime you. When you go there and you say, oh, I like this image, I want to use this image, you're downloading one version of that image. You're downloading one thing. You're not, you don't have to pay extra for like the high def version of it. You don't have to pay more for the vector version of the illustration. You get it all. And then they have this cool light box stuff. And that's kind of what you're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I don't know why it's relaxing to me. Uh, adding metadata to media and uh, and looking at uh, photos and making light boxes is very relaxing to me. And uh, <laughs> and I, honestly, the iPad app, the uh, iOS app that you can that you can get for Shutterstock is is I think it's really a great piece of work. It's you know it's even even today with so many great iOS apps coming out, it's amazing how often a great site or a great service or solution <laughs> will will have a really middling kind of uh, cobble together iOS app.
1: Yeah, it's like they, they don't really, they just want to say they have it. They don't actually right. want you to use it.
0: Well, and like almost as bad, there's a lot of, well, not a lot, but there've been numerous cases that even we we've, we've talked about on here where you get a beautiful application that just doesn't work. Where it seems like they were really in different sides of the building. You got these gifted designers over here and you got these other guys right. over here with their with their Fortran assemblers. And I don't know I don't know what they're putting together. This thing's beautiful. You can make these light boxes when you log in, it all syncs up. So in show notes I've already added uh try this out though. You can go to Shutterstock. Do we have a URL for that? A special one? I think if you just go to just, Shutterstock. They,
1: they don't give us a special URL, but they do give us an offer code, as you say.
0: Oh, you get an offer code. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the offer code for Shutterstock?
1: It's uh, back to work 11, because this is the 11th month, as you month say, of month 11. of 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get 30% off any package that you put together here at
0: this thing. I could put together a package. No, I know you I, I believe me, on, I, know. Uh, I I don't know. If, I think you can get to this from Show Notes. You can go in and see. Go do a search on superheroes. Show Notes at see...
1: 5x5.tv slash b2w slash 93. You can see this. This is really cool. People owe it to themselves to, to go take a look at this.
0: That's pretty neat, though. And like, you can find all kinds of like, um, <laughs> you know, like when they want to like use a song in a commercial, and they they go to a band. They go they go to Superchunk, and they say, um, "Hey, we really want to use which one was it? Like Cast Iron or one of their songs?" And they're like, uh, "For British Knights." And they're like, um, "We're not so sure." Well, here's the thing: you can either let us license it, or we will come up with something very close. If you need a superhero for this, and you don't want to go license it from DC or right, Marvel, right? It's who a pretty does? Cool. You know, don't, they don't need your money. Seriously, they don't. Really? More money? Really? Ugh, jackals. But uh, anyway, go, go search for superheroes, and you can see my own light box. And I believe I put this in. You can see a screen grab for uh, what it looks like on the iPad, my little, uh, my little light box. So anyway, it's a really neat service, and we're happy to have them as sponsors. Um, very easy to use. Very user-friendly, I would say. Oh, and you, you know, the deal is, you know, these stamps. If you put a superhero on a stamp, I think the whole copyright thing is validated, invalidated. So you can get a Batman on here. Look at that. 39 cents. Boom. Huh. Oh, Comic Sans, really? Oh. Anyway, so that's uh, Shutterstock. Go to Shutterstock.com, offer code for this month. Is it, uh, was it you say BTW? No,
1: it's, it's just uh, Back to Work 11.
0: Back to Work 11. And uh, check them out. They're really cool. So our thanks to uh, Shutterstock for supporting 5x5 and Back to Work. <laughs> I was going to talk about the iPad mini, but I don't really care. Oh, you know, we should mention uh, your buddy, um, uh, Moses Cthulhu. Uh, he's got a new show coming up um, in, in addition to his Screen Time show. How do you pronounce it? Is it Moses Cthulhu? How do you it say It's just his pronounced
1: name? Screen Time. Screen Time. Is mm-hmm. that how it's pronounced? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Did I get the diacritical right? Mm-hmm. How do you say his name? For real? How do you say it? Moises Chuyon. He should come up with something simpler. That's I know. I catch.
1: told him to go with like M- Moses Chu or something. He won't do it. Moses Chu. Mm-hmm. Fuck back. <laughs> like, the, like, but, the, like the comic Chu, because it's about comics. And everyone can say Moses.
0: Yeah. I think he's I think he's going with the... the as, as shmuel is to Samuel. I think he's doing <laughs> a thing there. It's a, They call it... A, what do they call it? A syllogism? Is that dirty? I, and I so, don't And so anyway, uh, he's got an up, uh, upcoming show. Uh, what's the name of his upcoming show? Giant Size? Giant Size. And he's got he's got a heck of a lineup for that first one. I don't, I don't know when the hell you guys are going to finally put this out, but he interviewed... Uh, today, I think. Comes out today or tomorrow. Oh, awesome, awesome. So check that out. We'll put that in notes. He interviewed uh, Brian Possein and... Uh, his name's escaping me. The co-author of uh, Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool's funny. Dead presidents coming yeah. back. He has to kill FDR. Pretty fun. I know. I know. It's not cool to like Deadpool anymore, but I think Deadpool's funny. Um, so we can skip the iPad Mini. Um, you don't want to talk you know, about that? Well, I don't really have that much to say. Say what you got to say. Say your piece. I like it. So let's talk about Florida. Yeah, people want to hear this. Yeah, well, they need to hear this, Dan. Last week, uh, well, starting with uh, S1E1, I think probably within the first 25 minutes of our entire franchise, we were talking about Florida, because at the time, um, I was, as I am now living in San Francisco, having lived here at that point for you know 10 or 11 years. You, if memory serves, hmm. we're still living in Orlando, Florida. That is correct. And we've both, we've both had um, what? an uneven experience with the state of Florida.:
1: Uneven is a very polite. Way to
0: say it. Yeah, It was brutal. You know, if I'd gone if I'd gone to Florida w- when I was of retirement age in like 1958, I would have I would have been a happy little retiree. I bet. You know, you sit around, you you, you work in a whatever a steel mill, mm-hmm. you know, for 40 years. You buy a house, you move to Florida. That's a pretty comfortable life. You get to be warm. Everything's cheap. You know, I I, I think my pissing and moaning about Florida comes out of one empirical fact in the world and then uh, numerous personal failings on my part. Uh, It's just that the bioavailable failings of Florida were a perfect fit for my DNA. (laughs) Like part part of it was that it's a a really, really, where I lived when I lived there, in my opinion, it was a terrible place to be a young person.
1: Yeah. Now Florida at the time that we were there was just awful. Just the worst. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying it's any, it's any much better now, yeah. but it was especially bad when we were there, especially at the age that we were there at. This is awful. Well, Can I tell you a story about this? The, the education system of Florida at the time that I, that I was there?
0: A, 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 yes. And B, don't get me started. C, please continue.
1: Okay. So we,
0: I forget I, I got what, a lot. I got a lot in education, Dan.
1: I forget what the grade was that I moved there, but I, I came there from Philadelphia. Now I don't, I don't know where Philadelphia fits into the category of like education. I don't know if Philadelphia has good education or bad. I don't know if back at this time period, if education was good or bad in Philadelphia, I'm, I have no idea. But here's what I can tell you. I had read The Hobbit. <laughs> okay. That was you my read. you? N- no. not yet.
0: Oh, I didn't learn Pearl yet. No. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I didn't learn Pearl yet. I hadn't written it. So we, I had read the Hobbit as my, that was my reading level. Now I, I believe that I, I was a bit above average reading level, but, but still like that wasn't like there were other kids in the class that had read it. You know what I'm saying? it was, I wasn't like the one freak that had read it, like other kids had read it. We were doing long division and uh, you know, and, and so like this was, this was where we were at. So we moved to Florida and I did not want to go. And we went and I, they, they I was, you know, it's public. I was in public school in Rydell Elementary up there in, uh, in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. So we came down here, not here. I mean, I'm in Texas, thank God, but down to Florida. And I went into school there, public school. They didn't test me or anything. I just was in a class and they were doing like two single, double digit addition for the math, like 22 plus 18. And I come from long division. I'm not bragging. Long division wasn't easy for me. I'm just saying, like, that was what we were doing. We were doing, like, you know, 24 times 58. Like, th- these guys were adding those numbers. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And then they, get, they, sat, they sat down and reading. And I swear to you, there were poor kids. There were kids in my class that could not read. If you've ever heard a kid who's learning to read, struggling to sound out words, I mean, that's what they were doing. And I had read The Hobbit, man. And there were kids that couldn't couldn't put together sentences in there, let alone it, speak Elf. Oh man, yeah. And it it was it I I came home. And I mean, like I remember the, the 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 teacher up at the front of the class. Never forget. She had these really like pursing lips and really like red lipstick. Really mean, and I remember like she gave us this this like worksheet to do, and it was like find a noun in this sentence. <laughs> And I, and I, I didn't like,
0: what, what grade, what
1: grade is this? This is like fifth, fourth, fifth grade or something. Wow. And I, and I, and so I fill it out. I walk up and give it to her. She's like, uh, you can't be done. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. She's like, we'll go ahead and do it again. <laughs> what? I'm like, how do I do it again? She's like, here's another one. And it was the same one. I'm like, well, these are the same questions. She's like, do it again and wait for the other kids. And so I went home, and I showed this thing to my mom, who was an English teacher. I'm like, I'm not going back here. She said, we'll just try to make do. So the second day, it's the same crap. I come home, like, I'm not going back to that school. So I wound up having to go to this uh, stupid private school, which, by the way, was the same, like, education level that I had in in Philadelphia, except we had to wear uniforms. But, you know, I kind of like the uniforms. Hmm. Blue, blue slacks, black dress shoes, white button-up shirts, and I've kind of stuck with that almost ever since, except the slacks.
0: Boy, if you can get all those that fit well, that's a smart look. I like tuck your shirt. Tuck your shirt in like a gentleman. I'll look for a picture of me. I'd like to see that. I'll look for it. We yeah, we, we talked to, on Roderick on the line a few weeks ago. I was talking about what I had to wear in military school, and I think I, I could have done worse. That was in Florida. That was in Saint Petersburg. Yeah, you know, uh, I think one thing that's difficult in, edu- in, in education in general, and this this happens at every level, is it's hard to know what somebody else. W- and this is forgive me, anybody who knows anything about education, forgive me for massacring this, but you know, if, if you if you really knew that everybody in your group of five people was had, you know would understand a reference to um, this particular book or would be able to multiply these numbers, you can get a lot more accomplished than if you know even one of those people just doesn't know what you're talking about. And I, and I wonder if for Florida, I'm trying to be nice, I wonder if in, in our, where we went to school, I won't say for all of Florida, but where we went to school, I wonder if part of the challenge was there's a constant influx of new kids from all over the United States. And from Florida itself. And I, I bet that that's a constant struggle to to have to try and, you know, catch people up. You have, what do you call it, remediation, right? I mean, like there's a lot of, supposedly a lot of people show up in college now with, it would not surprise me uh, if this were as true as I've heard it is, a lot of kids just show up in college just not able to write. They, they never learn like the five paragraph essay even. You right, know? right. That, which is, you know, it's, a, it's it's tedious to have to write a bunch of five-paragraph essays, but it does teach you a little bit about structure that you can throw away at your capri once you learn words like capri. <laughs> and uh, But until then, it couldn't hurt. I know it's very unfashionable to like Strunk and White, but once you've read it three times and know how to write, then you can make fun of Strunk and White. It's helped a lot of people. These kinds of things, you used to, you used to be able to know that people would have that um, shared you know, experience in education. I, I mean, I wonder if that's part of the problem, but sometimes it felt like it was more than that. I mean, sometimes it really felt, you know, like right now, um, my kid's five as is yours. And a, a big part of what she does in school is about being social. And it's mm-hmm. about interacting with people and working things out. No, and she,
1: is she in, is she in preschool or first grade now?
0: She's in the kindergarten. College, I mean. um, No, she's in the... What do they call it? Um, Transitional kindergarten, which is basically... She's doing a postdoc in preschool. And um, it's great. It's a terrific class. There's 10 kids in it. It's fantastic. And uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But, you know, I I think it's healthy and wholesome and wonderful that a lot of what she does is learning how to interact with people and learning how to, I don't want to say follow orders... But, you know, learning how to stand in line and how to take a turn and how to deal with it when things don't turn out the way you want. That's a big part of being five years old and six years old and seven years old and, and eight years old is learning how to uh, control your emotions or at least be able to understand other people's emotions. You know, all these things that really are about dealing with other people. Um, and the, the really dismissive way to put that when you get a little older is learning how to stand in line. And I honestly felt like a lot, what you just described with turning in your paper or turning in your worksheet or whatever yeah. and being done with it, the way you described that, at least your telling of it, that didn't really have a whole lot to do with Dan Benjamin getting better at learning how to read. No. Or learning how to write. It was more about fitting into how that teacher wanted to run the class. And if what you say is accurate then you were screwing things up, you know, by not standing in line, right? No, right? I, yeah, I was, I was
1: not. Yeah, exactly. I was in the way.
0: And in the age of standardized testing, I, I have to imagine that's got to be at least twice as bad because really now so much be, in order to get funding today, you have to test well in your class and you have to basically do an ongoing Kaplan course about how to make sure that your teacher's class does well on the tests. I don't mean that to sound mean because it's not the teacher's fault, but um, that's, I don't know. I think that's kind of a bummer. And, and the only reason that I feel qualified to say any of these nasty things is because my experience in Ohio was so different. Where there yeah, really and that's was, the thing. Like, you come
1: from a place that feels like a real place. It feels like a real city. It feels like an actual location. And you go down here where the, you know they're, like, they're still figuring stuff out. None of it's, none of it's good. And when they're, well, the answers they're coming up with are, are lousy.
0: And it's, like I say, though, it's... Yes. And this
1: is, we're not the only ones who had this experience, either. You know, we're not the only ones. If we were, like, the only ones, then it'd be like, oh, man, well, you know, what What jerks we were. We just got, you know, real unlucky. But this, this was right. pretty normal.
0: I'm just, I'm trying to leaven um, some of this uh, ruthless criticism with a little self-awareness on my part. Which yeah. is that it's, you know, there's a word that we used last week in talking about Florida that I for better or for worse, cannot get away from, which is isolation. I, I think it's a very, it, if my experience in Florida was that there's a lot of isolation and I felt a lot of isolation. Now that might've been because I moved to Florida when I was 12. And that, you know, my, my home life was pretty weird for a few years. And so, I mean, but the thing is everybody who's 12 or 13 feels isolation. Um, whoa, one thing to put in show notes, the last episode, latest episode of uh, this American life is about middle school. And it's, it, I thought it was really, really good. Um, like most of their episodes, but you know, they talk to a, uh, I don't know if it's a physician or a researcher, but, but talking about the kind of stuff that happens to your brain around the time you're 11 or 12. And, you know, in addition to the insanity or whatever, one of the things is that whatever you're really into when you're 11 or 12 tends to be something that will stick with you for a long time. Think about how much stuff about TV. I'll speak for myself. So much that I remember about TV shows that I watched when I was 10, 11, 12, 13 is with me to this day. Like what? You what know do you what mean? I mean? No, what do you mean? Oh, I mean, I just, I, I, just, I can, you know, the, the, the lyrics to the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, right, right. Like, you know, I don't know if I could do that, you know, for Law and Order, you know. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, bum. I have a special dance I do for Law and do Order. Do you Let's see it. Do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interpretive. All right. Let's see. But um, it. I, I'm just, I, I wanted, to, I want to just, like I say, leaven it with this idea that I was probably perfectly suited to feel isolated. But again, I don't think I was alone. <laughs> In that isolation, and 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 it does get back to this basic, as you said, nativity issue. That um, there, were, at least when I was there, there were not that many people who'd been born there, and the reasons that they ended up there were really varied as well. Okay, so like if there's a if there's a boom in a certain industry, right? Let's say suddenly they're building a lot of ships. In um, in San Francisco, where there's going to be a whole bunch of people of similar uh, economic and social class status all appearing at about the same time with kids that are probably about the same age. There's going to, have to be all kinds of stuff. You know, think about the immigrants arriving in New York in the early part of the 20th century. They're all like they have things in common. This goes back to the Puritans. It's people who share something. They all end up in the same place. And whatever their differences are, they all they all want similar things, even if it's not always, you know. Something that, you know, even if there's, a you know, privations involved, you know, there may be limited land. But the thing is, some of those people arrived there because they'd inherited a house right. from Grandpa. Right. Right. Yeah, they inherited
1: were... a house and they really didn't like the apartment that they were living in in Detroit. So now they're moving down. Or in our case, Philadelphia. <laughs> Which was pretty much the story. I mean, like, they there was this massive teacher strike in Philadelphia at this time. My mom was a teacher. So she was out of job. And I think, so, I mean.
0: So no, no, school, no school and no work. Well, apparently. And here's the
1: weird thing is like, you know, when you're a kid, your perception of time. I mean, not that that really changes that much. Uh, but your perception of time is weird. Like, I don't remember if the strike was for like six months or a year, but it was a long. It was it not felt, like a month. Like a it was not time. like a month. It was a long enough time that she started. T- she had to take a job working in a clothing store in Center City called Artie's. And she used to have to close at Artie's. And that meant she was out there till like 10, 11 at night in Center City, which if you've knew Center City at this time period, nobody wanted to be in Center City, let alone, you know, my mom working in a clothing store. And so, you know, we had no money. You know, we had to have some babysitter. Like I was like a latchkey kid for a little while with like a babysitter and it really sucked. And my grandparents, of course, were down in Boca and they're like, you know, we'll help you get on your feet. They need teachers here. You know, that kind of thing. So it was, the, it was almost the situation that you're describing. Like, we didn't want to move down there. Mm-hmm. We kind of had to.
0: It's funny you should say that. Um, this is purely anecdotal from, and from memory, but back in Ohio, and this could just be a Cincinnati thing, very conservative town. Um, I don't think I knew, at the age, by the age of 12, I don't think I knew more than a handful of kids whose parents were divorced. And, and you know, there was still a stigma. Around divorce, at least in the conservative Hamilton county, um, and people just didn't get divorced very much, and of course, we were church going people, so you know there there was a lot less of that at that time that meant something <laughs> but uh I did not have many friends, and when if your friends were divorced in my case, if I was you know my father passed away, like you know you, you felt a certain like uh, Ooh, this is they're a little broken because they don't have the normal setup. And I guess what I'm saying is that the vast majority of kids that I knew in 1978 uh, had had and lived with two parents. I'm not saying they're happy. Whereas once we moved to Florida, an astonishing number of my friends were just lived there with their mom. Yeah. And so Florida, yeah, yeah that's that's true. And again, right. Florida, Florida's cheap. It's it's like if you uh, want to, it's a you know like Alice Alice goes to uh, Arizona to work at Mills Diner for her starting over. But I think a lot of people moved to Florida to start over in part because it was very inexpensive, yeah. and there were a lot of rentals, and there were a lot of service industry jobs, and you know it's um, you know like I don't know I don't know sometimes sometimes there's a uh, there's a lot to be said for inertia or or stasis where you go somewhere and you're like, Oh, I'm just going to be passing through here. Mm -hmm. But then you discover how affordable, relatively affordable the rent is and you adjust your expectations without realizing it. You may have a handful of friends, maybe your car breaks. And like pretty soon that's not nearly as transitional as you expected. And yet you have not made the mental leap to turning that into your home. You have not created a homestead for yourself. You have not gotten a big piece of land that you hand to tend, um, intend to hand down to your forebearers or to, to your progeny. You know what I mean? You're 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 there, and you're still there. And you know, in our case, we were still in a rental house, and it was just uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a personal example, but almost everybody I knew was like that. It was, it was families from the, the northeast of the U.S., the eastern seaboard, who moved down there for, for incredibly different reasons. And uh, I don't know. I, I wonder if that's part of the isolation, though, is that you don't really have that much in common. And there's a lot of churn and a lot of moving. You know what I mean? A lot. And that's the thing is that it's well, – we talked about this a
1: little when we were talking about the whole, the whole transient thing. Because that attitude becomes pervasive if you're there. And like like I know people now who said, oh, yeah, you know, my uh, my friend from school. Oh, I, you know, I, I knew them since we were in third grade together or first grade or fifth grade, whatever. Like I didn't know anybody more than a couple of years because they move. And they weren't mm-hmm. moving across town. They were, oh, we're going to move down from the hill down to the valley. No, it was like, oh, we're moving back up where to, you know we're moving back to pennsylvania again we're moving to back to ohio again we're moving back to civilization again wherever and because of that like no lasting bonds were ever being formed really by anybody and i hardly Everybody. ever remember meeting people who were like native floridians like that was almost right. we talked about this last time you know the only native floridians have been born there in the last 20 years 15 years maybe you know that right. i knew of I'm sure there were native Floridians, of course, but I'm saying most of the kids that I knew didn't fit into that category. They fit into the category of,
0: oh, my parents moved here from New York. And I think there's always a a, a certain feeling of, superiority is the wrong word, but there was there was a sort of like a huh, sniffing thing of, of the natives, people, people who had been born there, that that was really kind of their place. Not nearly as bad as, say, someplace like Hawaii and for different reasons, but like, yeah, very much a feeling of like where the... You know, we're the first nations people of, of, of Florida, and then you guys come in here, you know, with your fancy U-Haul trucks and stuff uh, like right, that. Right, right. But um, the hmm, the the isolation thing looms large for me um, because ah, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I I'm I'm really totally isolated, to, totally isolated in that place. You don't think how much of that do you think was uh, your age, your family status, and all that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, there were, there were people there that loved it.
1: Right. So, or, I mean, like you ask them now if they liked it and they say, yeah, they liked it. And there's people I know who have stayed there for a long time. So some, some people liked it. I I don't know how much of it had to do with it for you. How much was, how much do you think of that was because of your, your age or your situation?
0: Well, for, I would say for five to 15 years after any event happened uh usually this is what i would consider a negative event i'm perfectly happy to blame the entire world for something that was absolutely not my fault right there was everything was somebody else's fault and i was a victim of circumstance who deserved better right that's fine for everybody but merlin and uh i and so as i get older i sometimes find the ability to unintentionally like have enough distance from something to go well you know you really didn't handle that all that well. You could have done a lot better, right? And, and you, you meet people every day who handle things better than you did. Um, it's, it, you know, it's just even setting aside the, the fact that I was young and screwed up, it's also just the stark contrast. Mm. So maybe it's an unfair comparison. I mean, if I'd come from Mississippi, um, not as Mississippi, but I mean, the schools might've seemed pretty, pretty dynamic. Wow, we've got a media center, you know? Like it, it might've seemed a lot more upscale. Right. Yeah. But I mean, even by the time I was graduating from high school, like I was constantly selling candy. <laughs> like I, I had to be selling, if we wanted to do anything, we had to sell candy to each other. It was like a company store. It was like we we were like minors, like uh, coughing and selling each other, you know, breath screens, you know, it was, but like for band, uh, for drama club, for, um, Oh God! What was the the Rotary Club thing I was in? I forget what it was called, but we we were in like Junior Rotary, um, and yeah, we we, we were just constantly. I I feel like I was carrying a box of M and M's for most of my high school <laughs> career, and selling it to other kids who were also selling M and M's. Did you ever have to do that? No, I know. I mean, I I sold candy on like on my own, but never,
1: never the way you mean.
0: Oh, <laughs> you were an independent candy
1: salesman. Yeah. Did I not tell? I, I'm sure I told you this story. I don't. I don't think you have. All right, so this is this is uh, at maybe like the second private school I went to. Oh, and the kids change schools all the time there, too. So I, uh, I, at the bus stop, they used to have these little, there was a, I'm sure I've told you this, there was a Texaco station, and the Texaco station wow. had the candy in it, right? And the candy was you like- You were
0: a merchant. You went and did a little bit of marketing.
1: I was a, what you would call a middleman. Mm. And they, you'd buy the candy for, long story short, you'd buy the candy for 10 cents, and I'd sell it out of out of uh, you might, you know my little- Bag uh, on the playground. I'd sell for twenty-five cents a piece. This is, you know, it, this is this is what you do. This is uh, general a general consumer philosophy. Entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial middleman. Mm-hmm. I had the stuff people want. They couldn't get it anywhere else. I mark it up a little bit. Everyone's happy, and uh, they they shut me down after just a few days. I was making good right? money too because after the first day. I spent a whole dollar on candy. I had 10 pieces of candy. I sold them for 25 cents, reinvested in the business. So the next day I came back with quite a bit more candy, sold it all, reinvested Hmm. again. And after like third or fourth day, they called me down to the principal's office. I sit down there like, uh, they let us know that you were uh, selling candy out on the playground. Uh, (laughs) yes, I was. You're going to have to stop doing that. Did you try and bribe them? Uh, I see now the, the 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 Dan Benjamin of 2012 would have been. Listen, let's make you a partner.
0: Let me let me explain how this is going to work. Yeah. I'm going to leave ten ten right. Goldberg shoes on right. the desk. Right, and I'm going to turn around. Right, maybe I mean, the you know, gold maybe
1: the Goldberg shoes are there. Maybe they're not there. You decide. If, if I'll if see Goldberg, you tomorrow. I'm going to go
0: take a nap. If the Goldberg shoes <laughs> are gone, that's right. I will know that we're in business. Right. It was suggested by someone that we mentioned, Hyman Roth. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I mentioned this on a, on a different program, but my friend Phil, uh, at, at a time when when everybody was selling Snickers bars and, uh, and M&Ms at school, Phil started doing this. He started selling them, but he was selling them for like 40, 40 cents instead of like 50 cents, which seemed weird. But, you know, if you got to get your candy fixed at school, you're going to pay a little bit less, right? He's he's a businessman. and And... It was never completely clear. Like People, people say, like, well, what are you doing this for? Is this for chorus or football? Because he, he played football. He said, "Oh no, it's, uh, it's for the Marshall Fund. And so, and so he would go and uh, he was representing the Marshall Fund. He started hiring people. He had acquired lockers around the school that he could use to, to store his stock. And eventually the same thing happened to him. Uh, but, but he had, in fact, made enough money to buy a Marshall stack. Nice. And that was the Marshall Fund. Love it. Yeah, you can get away with stuff like that. You know, it's funny. I mean, you know, another another way to put this, if you like, is uh, like a sense of uh, investment. You know, if you, um, on the one hand, if you've if you've got roots somewhere, you got land, you got money, you got jobs, you got family, you've got all the things that history has shown us make people feel you know strong, whole, confident, and uh, like they can survive things. Well, then why would you move? Like, why would you go from someplace where you got all the stuff in the world or most of the stuff in the world into some unknown territory? Well, you probably wouldn't. I mean, a lot of times you end up someplace because that's where it took you. Maybe you uh, got John steinbeck and you went somewhere you, where you thought there was going to be jobs. John, John Steinbeck.
1: <laughs> you ever been steinbeck <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, Yeah, every morning at about six. I can't tell you how many trucks I've climbed on. You know, Seriously, I know it. Wherever people sell Snickers bars to buy an amp, I'll be there.
1: Yeah. Wherever Joke. Justice... Is done. You'll be there.
0: Joe. <laughs> but, you know, lo- what the other side of that is if you don't have all of those things, you don't have that network, you know, and, and, and like you said, when you moved to Florida, you got some help from your grandparents to help kind of stake you. Well, if you don't have that, it's going to make you not necessarily, I don't want to say selfish, but it's certainly going to make you cautious. And it's certainly not going to make you spend lavishly on things like what? Keeping up your lawn or on, um, you know, buying large appliances, you're going to be on a really tight budget and you're going to be, you know, pinching every penny. And, uh, and it's going to make you like, in my case, it made us very cautious people. We were very cautious about the kinds of things that we did. And I, I felt that support to be cautious about what I even thought I could do in almost everything I participated in. Again, this is probably because I'm a mess, but if there's anything that I would say about the education system that didn't work out between it and me, for whatever reason, it was that the horizons that were uh, shown to me were really easy to get. I, I, was, I felt like I never got that sense of like you could do anything in the world, at least not in a way that really grabbed me. And, and we've joked before about vocational wheel. I mean, that, that, to me, I guess this is pretty common. This is pretty common all over uh, America, right? D- did you have that? Did you ever go through vocational wheel? Did you have that? I I don't
1: think so. What I, is it something I would know? If I well, did? You
0: know, most you know, most high schools in, you know... Because we talked about
1: this back in our famous episode seven, the one people right. like.
0: Well, it's worth it's worth explaining a little bit because at least for me in my head, it's it's emblematic of what I was facing. You know, it's not unusual at a, at a school, especially a compre- comprehensive high school, like the one I went to, which was, you know, nominally comprehensive, to have things like wood shop, metal shop, mm. um, you know, uh, graphic arts, uh, nursing... Uh, occupational arts, which is how to be a wife, Uh, you know, all of these kinds of classes because this is an area where you can't count on everybody to, you know, it's not a feeder school for Harvard. Right. Like a lot of these, a lot of these kids are going to go into blue collar jobs. And so on one level, it makes a lot of sense. You can have, uh, you know, agricultural stuff. You could join Future Farmers of America, all that kind of stuff. Nothing bad about any of that, but they even had that in junior high. So like I took graphic arts or drafting, and, and loved it in, in like eighth grade. But but what's funny is I hadn't gone to seventh grade. And in seventh grade, you did something called vocational wheel, which mm. was compulsory. And vocational wheel, you did every one of the vocational classes for like a little, if you imagine a, like a pie chart, you did, I think... I don't know, two weeks, three weeks of, of every vocational. So like two weeks of, of nursing occupations, like two weeks of graphic arts, two weeks. And so basically it was like this buffet of uh, blue collar opportunity. Um, oh, uh, business administration, right? I had that, learned how to nominally learn how to type and use a 10 key. Now these are on the, on the face of it. These are all really great. Like today, I'm really glad that I can type. But the last thing in the world that class was ever meant to teach me was was how to use a, a Mac with a thirty inch monitor. Okay, this so that's that, a different they,
1: world. I have found a transcript of the episode seven vocational wheel was the title of it. That's your favorite. It is my favorite. Yeah. And uh, this, this is a definition of the uh, vocational wheel. The, the wheel, developed by the Florida Department of Education, is a scheduling strategy that allows middle school students to experience selected learning objectives from a variety of middle and junior high school explore, exploratory vocational courses. Course content is generated from selected outcomes and student performance standards included in a regular vocational exploratory course. And you, there is a quote about you in, in this. You, you wrote, you, I mean, this is us. This is what we said. This is our whole thing.
0: Hmm. What'd I say?
1: Was it good? Uh, Average. Yeah. Uh, so let's see what you, hold on. I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll read it back. Let me roll it back. Read, read it back to you. Ooh. You say, well, I mean, yes. And just to briefly beat the crap out of a system that deserves it, you know, I've talked before about vocational wheel. When I was in high school, where the most ambitious thing they wanted to teach you in junior high was like how to make a lamp and how to stay out of prison, basically. And I mean, you're constantly, your horizons are constantly being defined by these kinds of beige authority figures. I really believe this. And so by the time you're getting out of high school, I mean, think about it. You're in a high school where you might be in a class with 50 other people. In my class, for example, this is funny. I think there were 666 people in my entering freshman really class. talk for that long? Dan laughs. The point being, there were over 2,000 people in my high school and there were not that many special flowers. If you were a special flower... It was because someone in the administration felt like you filled a certain slot. Oh, you're like talented black kid or you're like volleyball girl. It wasn't like somebody sat around going, and then I say, high school is just the worst. Oh, high school, just don't even. Oh, my God. Do you know what I'm saying, Dan? And so what you do to be noticed and to be accepted and all that stuff, you either rebel or you try to fit the slot. And mm-hmm. I said, which did you do? You rebelled. And you said, I did both. I like to think I rebelled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should, you know what we should do? We should just do that episode. We should do Let's do that whole creating.
1: episode. I will, I'll read my parts. You do your parts. Let's do so, it again. This is
0: how we can get back to having a good
1: episode again.
0: Um, I um I think Marvel now is going to save us. <laughs> I, I uh but but you know I, I yeah, and again this is just you know I'm one of those I'm one of those terrible terrible people that that likes to think that he's smart and I got to tell you guys. I really 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 used to think I was smart. Now I think if I'm lucky I'm clever on a good day, but I don't actually think I'm that smart. But back then I really 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 thought I was smart. And being surrounded by people in corduroy jackets and people who were making making metal lamps out of like sheet metal was so dispiriting to me. And 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 there was also like marketing. You could take marketing class, right? Yeah. Where you would go and you would work at the school store and marketing was really more like retail sales class. <laughs> but, like, you know, I mean, on the one hand, that's fantastic. It's fantastic that like you can find something that interests you that isn't just having to find nouns and sentences. There are, as Howard Gardner says, there are many different kinds of intelligence and it does a disservice to everybody if we act like there really are just the ones that you can test with the uh, books and stuff. Uh, listener Sharon Lynn Fox says that location, vocational wheel is limited to Pasco County, according to our uh, listener. Okay. I don't know if that's true. But, um, but you know, I, I'm not even sure what I wish that were. Because I, I don't really want to have entrepreneur class. I don't want to have startup class. You know, I don't, you know, but there's this certain part of me that today that wishes there were something somewhere between a psychology class and encounter group and Outward Bound that would that would teach more creative thinking or would at least help me find a way to get past, find, I wish I could have, I wish I'd been open to and had the opportunity to meet with um, more kinds of material that would help me figure out how not just to be an isolated person and you could do that. Sure. You could do that through clubs, but again, that's a fairly synthetic kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I just, I guess just for me, did I ever tell you about our graduation? I don't think so. Our graduation, 1985, uh, you know, you could go to the rehearsals, you go through, uh, there was still a pretty good chance that I was going to get a blank diploma because I'd failed a couple classes. Um, Ocean Science and Music Theory. Thanks. And uh, we all lined up. We did graduation. The valedictorian did the talk. And the very last thing that Richard Pryor, I believe was his name, was (laughs) uh, anyway, Mr. Pryor. The last thing that Mr. Pryor said to us, he basically said, congratulations, uh, you're now all officially graduates of Gulf Comprehensive High School. And remember, you've been warned Do not throw your caps in the air. Or we're going to make everybody stay in here, and there's and there's going to be problems. Right. Good luck. So, at, at this, the it was a really big deal to him. His his the biggest thing that he had to share that day was not like go out into the world and do things that would surprise you. It would it would be it would not it was not things like I hope I see your name above the fold in the New York Times someday. It was don't throw your cap in the air. Right. And that is stuck in my craw. For I what, can 20, see, I 20? can just
1: see you. The look on, just sort of the look on your, the the happy like, I'm ready it's to go. So thick, I'm ready to go, and then you just the expression the drops. And you're like, popping. Yeah. and
0: the, the grandma's there, and it's just so great. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> because my grandma this chick on marks right. But you know, the, I I have never wanted to throw a hat in the air more in my life. Because I wanted to put the period on that sentence. And I didn't do it because I was was a homemade pussy and I walked out like a gentleman. But to this day, that still bugs me that that was the last thing or the the last thing I remember hearing as a student in my high school was an admonition about following the rules. I understand why he did it. Man's got a job to do. Also, he had no chin. Uh, But uh, I don't know. Wish. uh, Yeah. It was, it was, it was was difficult. Like, I think, you know, I, I have this thing that I, I think I mentioned this actually in episode seven, but I have this horrible, horrible thing I do. You know, there was that thing that I guess Dan Savage started saying to, to, to gay teenagers, Hey, it gets better. Right. 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 right, Right. I feel like, I feel like every single person I meet who is not in college yet, I just want to take them aside. I'm like, look, I know you don't know me. I know I'm just an old man, but I swear to God. You just got to get through this. And that, that's kind of almost how I felt about Florida. Yeah, really. I wish there had been somebody there who said like... Like one day I mean, you'll be allowed to leave. Yeah. You know? Don't, don't throw your hat in the air. you get a parole. Are you me about something you like? Dan, if I wanted to register a, a domain name today, is there anybody that you, you suggest for that? I would suggest a, uh, a little company up north. And they're pretty much up north for
1: everyone, wherever you go. Yeah. Uh, hover.com. They're Canadian. But don't hold that against them. Let me tell you about mm-hmm. Hover. You want to get it. You want to get a great domain name, .com, .net, whatever. They do all that. They do the .co. They do the .tv. They do everything. You go there, and it's simple. couldn't be easier. It's a little search box. You just type in the domain that you want. Or you type in some words, a keyword. It'll show you what's available. Now, if the domain you want's available, you click the little plus box, you register it. It's yours. You're done. If it's not available, they'll come up with some alternatives and suggestions. And I don't know how they do it, but they're pretty good. And this is the thing, they're all about customer support. They're all about making sure that you feel good about the process. They don't make it hard for you to register this. They don't sign you up for tons of stuff that you just don't want. They don't do that. Instead, they give you the search box, you type it in, you hit the thing, you're done. The only there's one check box, it's going to be automatically checked, and that's do you want who is privacy? They don't charge you extra for that. Built in. They get a toll free number if you need help. They have this really cool Domain transfer valet service, where if you're moving a domain from somewhere else, that they will give you all the assistance that you need. They'll handle the whole process. They'll they'll make it happen. It's really really nice. And these folks are really really nice, very helpful. And uh, if you just want to use a web interface, you can. I mean, you can manage your DNS with it. They even provide email hosting as an add on service if you want it. And here's the here's the thing. They, there's a code. They they didn't give us a code. I don't think for this show. It's just my regular code, which is Dan sent me one word. You can go to hover.com slash Dan sent me, or just go to hover.com and enter it in when you're buying. You get 10% off everything you buy. If you're an existing customer, you're renewing, you're transferring. doesn't matter. Use it. Dan sent me 10% off. These guys are great. I promise you're going to like them. Go check it out.
0: Uh, thanks to uh hover for supporting five by five and back to, back, to back, to back, to back to
1: work. Back to work. Back to work. I do uh, a show
0: hmm <laughs> so now i'm all depressed it takes me right back takes you right you know back I mean? and
1: you you know what you can you can take the boy out of florida you never take the florida out of the boy
0: i think it's true it's the elvis problem Again. it is the elvis problem yeah uh you know and and the the thing is if it's not clear it's like it's really easy for me to sit here and bag on florida like an entire state one of the largest states in all the united states with with millions and millions of very different people and and uh and and that's easy enough for me to do, but, you know, what it really gets me to is exactly the point where I am now, where I'm like, what could I have, what could I have done differently? Like, what was it that, I mean, I'm not a complete idiot. Like, why, why wasn't I able to find something inside of myself to make that situation but How better? could you? You're a kid. Because you're a kid. Yeah, but you, sometimes you meet kids who, like, really know what time it is. Really? I think yeah. I knew, I knew one kid like that. Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know how he got like that. I don't know if it was parenting. You know what I'm saying? But like, I, I remember one kid that seemed like he had he had his stuff together. <laughs> one one kid. Yeah. Like one kid in high school that had it. Like looking yeah. back, looking back at the time, I thought everyone had it. And then I, you know, like I was about to graduate from college and I ordered a pizza and the kid I thought was like the coolest kid in high school delivered it to me. You know, and, it, and that was his full time yeah. job. Like I asked him and now listen, there's nothing wrong if you're delivering pizza for a full time job. And that's the best you can do. But I'm just saying like the kids that you think are amazing when you're in high school are not always amazing later on in life. I'm not saying that they aren't. I mean, they're there's you know, but I'm saying like, right, you know, and, and like I delivered pizza too. I'm not knocking
0: it. I
1: delivered flowers.
0: Best you job did? Had. Yeah, in Florida, a year after I graduated from for school. For what?
1: F, what is that? F, F, FT? TD?
0: No, it was a place, uh, Caddy corner from the 7-Eleven. House of Flowers uh, at uh, Madison and Trouble Creek. Look it up. And uh, it was great. I drove, I drove around in a, in a little, like, eight-year-old yellow Toyota, like, listening to Husker doo really loud and delivering flowers. It was great. Um, but you, you're on to something that I, I, I want to be somewhat nuanced about, but I feel like has to be said, which is you hear that phrase um, about, you know, somebody who peaks early and I'm not just talking about men but but, but people <laughs> people who all men have this is something that I think is at least for me this was true when I was a kid and I think it's probably true for a lot of kids of my age were you ever given that line about how high school is the best years of your life yes i was it was I, you know, not so, it was the worst it was awful It was awful. But but can we stipulate that, I mean, I, I don't think we were alone in constantly being reminded slash chided that high school was the, this, these are the best times that you, these are the best of times, as Dennis DeYoung said. Mm-hmm. That Right now, what you're experiencing here is going to be, you have so much you can do and so much you don't have to do. You're never going to have so much freedom without all of this crushing responsibility. And you're never going to have more wonderful friends and memorable experiences than you're having right now. And I, I remember... In a small way, uh, you know, in a less interesting way, being really annoyed by hearing that, but I also just remember being furious about how completely BS that was to me. And I was like, "If this is really, this is seriously what I'm experiencing right now, being told to not throw my my cap in the air in my like, in this like, you know, heavily inflammable gown, is like <laughs> this. This is it. Like I could perish in <laughs> acetate, and right. that, that this is going to be the end. Good night. Play the Huey Lewis news. Last one. out, turn out the lights." No, I mean, that, that really, and this is not a necessarily a Florida thing, but it sure dovetailed with at least my feeling in Florida. And, and then, so I say this, if I'd said this 20 years ago, it would have been said with schadenfreude, but it's not how I mean it today. I think a lot of what was pushed on us in high school was stuff that was pushed on us to essentially make us peak soon mm-hmm. or really in, in essence, peak early. So you go and you do a bunch of football where you potentially get brain damage. You go and do all these cheerleading things that are like, take an extraordinary amount of time. Like with cheerleader and drill team and those, those, the girls who did that were like, it was a huge time investment. Um, you know, band, at least you learn how to do an instrument. But the weirdest thing was when I finally, finally, finally went to college. I, I had a year in between. And I remember coming back and having that same feeling you just did with the, with the pizza guy. And I right. don't mean this in a mean way. No, no, no. All, all the people who I envied like so many of the people that I thought, oh my gosh, you're, you know, they were the like the couple of the year or the the this or the that, and I, my hand to God, I, I would see them at the mall and it looked like they looked like they they gained a bunch of weight. Ugh. Some of them had grown porno mustaches, nice. including the men. They're pushing, including like five, including it, the men, including the men, and, <laughs> and and they're pushing like five kids around. I'm like, well, how did this happen? Right. Like it's only been a year. It's been a what year and do? they're out of school and like what happened? We're in you're a wife beer already. Go to the icing machine you pick up a kid. But, you know, and I remember thinking, wow, like you, I wonder if this is going to get better for you because I think your peak might have been that black and white photo of you as couple of the year. And uh, the part of me that that hated high school, wanted to, I I would laugh at that. But as I stand here today, that just makes me sad. Because, I mean, some people never get to have a peak. There were people in high school whose names I don't remember who are out there having undistinguished lives. But... Well, the weird part is that a lot of the people I went to school with that were nobodies, but turned out to be really smart are the ones who are doing really interesting things. And they're, they're like practically survivors. That's putting it melodramatically. But, you know, again, I didn't, and and so much of this, like, for example, I have to say my drama teacher, there was of all my high school experiences um, and the people that I met, there's nobody quite like my drama teacher who cared so much about her students and was so kind and patient with me and did everything she could to like bring out the part of me that was useful and make me aware of the part that was a huge dick. And uh, actually what she wrote in my yearbook, like was really, it kind of put me back because it was so different from anything else that like a teacher would write in there. And I, and I don't have a committed to memory, but it was something like Merlin um, you have a very, you have a very sharp wit, try to always use it for good. And, like, nobody else said anything like that to me. They said, hey, you acted up a lot in English class or whatever. But, like, she wrote this profound thing about my life in there that I still think about to this day. I can't quote it. It was 1985. But, but you know, it was. I felt like it was so rare to run into somebody that made us do yoga in class and then let me be the lead in the senior play. Like, I didn't run into a lot of people like that. And it was not where I expected it. It was not in the guidance counselor's office with the guy that told me to join the Air Force because I get free food. Hand to God, it was it was this little short actress lady hmm. in Birkenstocks <laughs> of all things who like made me think about what kind of person I wanted to be, and you know maybe she was just the one that I had the bioavailability to embrace, but um, I wish I had more of that. And now today I, I feel like I want to offer that, but I don't always know how. I'm not sure just telling people to move from Florida helps. But did you experience that? Did you run into like, I don't, no, let me just say, it felt like back in Ohio, I ran into that all the time. There were I was surrounded by people who were trying to do that, but I, I didn't get that like, chuck on the shoulder, like you're going to be okay feeling as much. No, I was, n- never. Never. Are we being mean? Are we just being
1: mean? I don't think so. I mean, this is the thing. We got an email from somebody who says... Uh, back to work is just about people complaining about things now. So I'm not listening. I'm, I'm going to
0: unsubscribe. I'm not going to listen anymore. And you know what you said? what I say? You said, I'm sorry to lose you as a listener. I did say that. You know what I said? What? Dan's sorry to lose you as a listener. <laughs> He's <laughs> so, you right. Know, I mean, He's right. We complain. We do. But here's the thing. We've been
1: talking about this for a long time. And I think, I think Florida is ha- hugely responsible or our experiences in Florida, but I'll say Florida. Is hugely responsible for the people that we are today, for better or worse, or both, for better and worse. If I hadn't moved to Florida, who knows? Who knows what things would be like? So it's not that I wish that I hadn't been through it, but gosh, it was miserable. And I wouldn't wish it on anybody. And I don't know that it's better. Like, I, I, you know, a lot of people that we're hearing from on Twitter and wherever... Are saying, dude, you totally described my childhood, or you described the yeah, experience? Yeah, somebody said that I
0: sounds had. like Arizona,
1: like, right? So right. People, yeah. So, I mean, it's I. I don't think that we're alone in this experience in Florida. I also don't think that we're alone in having this experience. Period. I think there are other places like it, and I think places that I don't know. You know, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I, I'm sure we would have managed to feel somewhat miserable wherever we were growing up. Mm-hmm. But there was so it was so easy to do in Florida.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I think the book ends for this on, on the one end, there was this incredibly well-funded public school education and, and the church communities and everything that I had in Cincinnati. Um, and then on the other end of it, the, the way that I felt like I came out of that slough of despond was at new college, which was a, it's a very, it's still a very unusual school, but it's, there's a lot about new college. That's very unconventional, pretty much almost everything about new college is unconventional. And, uh, I, I, you know, what did I, I think I told you this. I, I was, I had applied to Rollins, you know, and I got a partial scholarship to Rollins to pay for the $2 million a year it cost to go to Rollins. Uh, I got into USF, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, honestly, I, at the time I was registered to start at, at the United Electronics Institute out by the airport Interesting. in Tampa. Yeah. It was the thing on TV where like you go and it's mainly a place. That, I can't the, that imagine main, you doing that. Yeah, the guy came out to our house and sold us on it. And it was coming down to, am I going to join the Marines or am I going to join uh, the United Electronics Institute? And on my guitar case, to this day, I have a United Electronics Institute parking sticker because that's I had gotten to the point of they were telling me where to park. And somehow just before my propeller hit the ground, my friend was like, no, really, you have got to apply like I'm at New College and I love it. My dad went to New College. He was the first, my friend Sam Meismer was the first child of a New College alumnus to go to New College. It's only existed since 1964. Yeah. And uh, when I, and, and going there and just visiting there was like, I felt like there's all of these things that I'd never seen before that suddenly came alive. I was surrounded with people who were my hand to God, five times smarter than me. There's a guy walking around in a Def Def Jam shirt. I'm like, oh my god, what is, (laughs) you know? He went to that science school in uh, in New York. Like, there's just all of these people. There's there's a guy named Scum, and he's Scum. (laughs) He goes by Scum. He runs the movie series, and his name is Scum, spelled with a V because he can't afford a vowel. These are the kind of people I'm meeting, and I'm like, this is this is I have got to be part of this world because, like I said last week, it was like the Island and Misfit Toys. But like, sure, it's Florida, sure it's silly, but. On the one hand, yeah, there are certainly always going to be great things to find wherever you go. But for me, it was being in that environment where people ask things of me, expected things of me, that I would never in a million years have imagined I could do. It was, it was going to a place where the professors literally didn't care whether you did the work because they could always find somebody else who would do the work. And if you cheated... That's a bummer, but I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. You're going to write your thesis. You're going to get a four page evaluation on how you did in school. I'm not, I could have turned out great if I'd gone to UF. I could have turned out great if I'd gone to UEI. You know, it could have turned out fine, but I was, I feel incredibly fortunate to have found new college because it, it was, I was, I had already so self identified as an outsider that I then got to be in a place where almost everybody was not only smarter than me, but more outsider than me. And it really, challenged me to do things I never thought were possible. So that's part that when I say that's a bookend, I came from a place where I felt completely nurtured and encouraged. I went through a really tough time once I moved to Florida, but then right there in silly old Florida, I I was in this environment where everybody's like, well, we don't really care if you succeed, (laughs) but all of the tools that you need are here. If you can suck it up and figure out how to be smarter than you're acting. And I was one of the five percenters, basically. Like I said, i had failed classes. I had a very undistinguished high school career. And I begged. I begged to get in. And on the basis of my essay, this wonderful guy, Rab Thornton, he said, we're going we're to let you in. We're going to give you a try. There's a certain amount every year that we let in here that we're pretty sure aren't going to make it. But we'd like you to try because I think it's a good fit. And he said something I still think about twice a week. He said, we do not want a well-rounded student. We want a well-rounded class. And we think you'd be a good addition to that. That's cool. And then when I graduated, uh, I was uh, I went on the board of our foundation, uh, the alumni board. I, <laughs> I did really well. And I came out of the other end thinking like, I can do a lot more than a 10 key and a, and a metal lamp. It just took an environment where people demanded what I was capable of and, and I was able to mostly produce it. And not everybody gets that opportunity. And I almost didn't. I should be fixing cash registers now. It, it, yeah, if things had worked out the way they were going to work out, I would have parked my car in Tampa, learned to fix cash registers, and gotten placed at NCR. That's what was going to happen. That's crazy. <sighs> Ugh. That's mean. It's mean, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's kind of mean. Yeah. Anyway, New College is a great school. It's a heck of a place. In they Delphi, almost went there. The Fighting Buccaneers. Did you apply there?
1: I was, applied and was accepted.
0: To New College? hmm No kidding. That's awesome. Yeah, wow, but I didn't. Damn. I didn't go. When I went, um, well, you know what? At New College. You know, everybody used to say Cheap Trick is everybody's second favorite band. <laughs> I think New College is like the universal like safety school if right. you live in Florida. Yeah. In the case of uh, one friend of mine, she got accepted to two colleges: to Brown and to New College. And, and her father says, and "I'll put this plainly for you: you can go to Brown as an out-of-state student, and you can ruin your family." Or you can go to a New College. I will send you checks and I will buy you a car. <laughs> wow. Because New College out the door was like five grand a year when I went there, including like everything. I mean, it was around five or six grand That's a That's unbelievable. Year, including like food and everything. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a state school. Um, but um, I don't know. I don't know. whether you're Whether you're in Florida or like whoever you are, like, you know, if there's some kid in your life who's really goofy, like try to help them find the thing that they're better at than they think. You know, that's what... that's what I think that's what people need. They need... I don't say young people, but I think kids really benefit from having somebody around them who's not trying to figure out like how to make them fit in or trying to figure out how to make them not get in trouble, but figure out how to help them be really great at something they just haven't figured out they could be great at yet, even if it's not on the curriculum, even if it's not a lamp, even if it's not nursing. Like, I just... I don't know. I should volunteer somewhere. You should. (sighs) It makes me emotional. okay? Yeah. You You know, at the time, New College was the most selective uh, school in the United States, more than Harvard. No way. Yeah. Yeah. It had like, uh, it had a ridiculous, well, just because, virtue of the fact that you can only have 500 students there. Right. Yeah. But, um, but you know what that reminds me of? I should tell you about something I like. What? You know what I like? I'll tell you, when I was in New College, the thing that I was always thinking about in addition to uh, Kurt Vonnegut and, uh, and Robert Lowell and... Uh, Chaucer. Uh, you know, I was not, not a big Chaucer man. Were mm. hmm. Hmm. you a Chaucer man? No. You read all the classics? Yes. What was your language? I spoke English. Mm. God bless you. It's better than most of Florida. High five. <laughs> I can tell you about this thing called Text Expander. You know about this Text Expander? Our friends over at uh, at Smile, formerly Smile Software, formerly Smile Software LLC uh, Enterprises, uh, they make this thing called Text Expander that uh, I would um, really—I have to imagine—almost all of the people who listen to this show already have. Probably. I mean, it is—it is the father of English literature. mm -hmm, Absolutely. It's—it's—it's the Shakespeare of the bloop sound. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, um, Text Expander is this thing that runs on OS X and your iOS devices. And it's, uh, it's easily one of my top three or five things that I just can't imagine um, living without. Because basically what you do is you go in, and it's very simple to use. You can take some of their uh, their snippets. You can make your own snippets. Well, what, what is a snippet? A snippet is where you say, when I type these letters, EMG, in my case, go bloop and then pop in my email address. That's all you got to do. You type those letters, it pops it in. Uh, you can do... What are some other examples? My cell, M-Y-C-E-L-L. When I type that, bloop, it drops in my phone number. I never have to type those 11 digits again, right? It's all just in there. Um, and you can do a lot more than that with it. You can do things like you can create forms where you fill in forms. And that's one thing I want to talk about this week. Um, but, but I want you to get that if you're... You can use it on iOS. And if your uh, app supports... This. You can do things like have markdown shortcuts. Um, any kind of boilerplate text you use a lot. Lots of people use it. I think the original way it got famous was for email signatures. But you can create your in, you know, anytime you type something twice, you know, um, if you're not the kind of person who goes and creates an alias in your bash profile, you ought to be the kind of person who goes and creates a snippet in Text Expander. And so this week we want to point you to something um, really cool that Gene uh, from Smile told us about. Um, Michael, Michael Schechter. Um, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, one of the pretty good productivity guys on the scene these days. Yeah. They, he makes guitars and are oh, you talking about Rudolph? Sh- custom, Schenker? custom. I
1: think you're thinking guitars. of I think
0: you're thinking Amadeus Yabs. Oh, okay. hmm There's no one like you. He wrote a really good blog post that's in show notes. Um, it was really cool. It's called how to pitch with text expander. I think. Oh, was, right, right, right. This is cool. Yeah. So like one beef that people have with email templates, for example, is that they're impersonal. People feel like, oh, you know, I'm Leo Tolstoy and I've got to sit here and write this like very special thing in every email. Well, the truth is, if if 80 well, percent, let's say you've got three or four kinds of responses that represent even 50 percent of the emails that you write. like Why would you even repeat any of that boilerplate you don't have to repeat? And, 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 and this post, which I think is actually a really good post, he explains how he made a form letter. That with fill-in fields that allowed him to get his message across but then have a personalized area where he could put in his own part. And this is something I've been doing for a while um, that's actually really helpful. Anytime I have a project where I'm going to need to write to a lot of people about roughly the same thing, you can have, you know, hello, name of person. You could have uh, a paragraph just explaining the basics of it. And then I always have a fill-in field where I will explain like why I'm writing to them, for example, to personalize it. Now, should I have personalized that first paragraph? Well, I guess I could. But, but I don't, why don't I write one really, really, really good paragraph and then reuse it? So you can see this at uh, bettermess.com is his site, but you can also see it in show notes. Um, one of the many things you can use uh, in Text Expander. I use it very heavily for things like Markdown. Like if I do HHR, it types five um, asterisks to make a horizontal rule. Oh, right. Stuff like that. I have a, a lorem ipsum chunk. With the exactly 100 words of Laura ipsum text, just to see to rough out, you know, FPO um, copy. Um, anyway, Text Expander is—it's one of those things. that's a little bit like explaining a magic trick. It's the kind of thing you really have to see in action. Um, so, I would suggest visiting their site, sm- SmileSoftware.com. Right? Yeah. Isn't Smile.
1: That, so even even though the company is Smile, the uh, domain is still Smile Software because apparently they want you know Smile wants seven figures or something ridiculous for that Yeah. Yeah. Shame well, and
0: actually, it. you know, um, you can go to com slash B2W. I think this is, uh, they're still, uh, they've got, oh, they, you know, they make the PDF pen. You know about this also.
1: I do. And I think if you go there now, it might still point to PDF pen. Yeah. But the, the, I think we, we, we paid for that trip for Jean. I think she's still on it. Yeah. Uh, that we sent her on uh, the trip. So here's
0: here's why you should go to smallsoftware.com slash B2W. you can see one of those uh, drawings that Jory did that you really like, Dan, where you can see how deep the fur is in my face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look at that. You can plant a garden in there. Do you, you still have deepfroze.com, right? Mm, no, I have deepfroze.info. Mike bought it off Marco. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, so please go and uh, check out the text Spanner. Tell your friends about it um, because it, it is one of those things where once you start using this, it's like imagine the first time you learned a key command for something. All the time you used to spend going to menu and then edit and then copy and then you learn, you know, command C. Like it, this is like that, except it's across all of your stuff. And you will find yourself gravitating to this. You'll find yourself improving your workflow um, by getting better at this. And so I really recommend it. And we love these guys. They're great sponsors. And they're, uh, they're one of a handful of uh, folks that I, I've been using this thing for years. And it's, uh, it's great to have them on here. So smilesoftware.com. Check out Text Expander, And uh, we're very grateful to Smile for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Do you have a bell? Mm,
1: I have a Liberty Bell little Liberty Bell
0: is that still in a box
1: Uh, but not uh, no but it's at uh, it's my
0: house much like text expander if you get one of these little bells you're just gonna find reasons to use it I'm telling you it's one of those things it becomes uh, it's like a laugh track or something you know it's really it's really nice to have and it gives you self-esteem okay how do you want to wrap up the Florida arc I don't think we can
1: I don't think we can give anyone hope I don't think it can be wrapped up.
0: What about the snowbirds? Snowbirds are the worst. I don't know what a snowbird is.
1: All right. And it's not a bird. It, it actually is not a bird. No bird a a snowbird snow. is usually a retired person who owns property in Florida that sits empty for most of the year, but when it snows up north, they travel down to Florida and they live in Florida with their fancy automobile (laughs) and they drive really slow because for them, it's all a big vacation now so that all of the people's lives all the people who live there all the time, those people now are inconvenienced by the snowbirds, the snowbirds whose only desire is to just kind of walk out of a, walk out of a store into the main line of, of foot traffic and just stop right when they walk out of the, stop. And they stopping. do the same thing on the road. They pull out on the road, and well, where are we going to go? I don't know. Look over. Oh, that building wasn't there last year. <laughs> and these people are in your way all the time. They're driving slow, and all of a sudden, you have three or four times the amount of traffic on these roads that right. nine months out of the year are just fine. And these people just uh, they they're they, and there's nothing. You know what? that's fine. That like they they're in a position financially that they can afford to have a second home in Florida. Why not enjoy it? In a very large American car. Very. White Lincoln town car type thing.
0: But they have a driving style that I, I first identified in my grandmother, uh, which is, you know, yes, driving slowly. That's, but the thing is, driving slowly is harrowing if you do it in places where you shouldn't be driving like through the window of a beauty salon yes. or, you know, through a farmer's market. And my grandmother would do this thing where she pretty much always drove at 15 miles an hour. And that could be into the garage. It could be out of the garage. It could be on the freeway. But she had this incredibly relaxed attitude where, where she was always going the wrong speed. There are very few places except maybe, I guess, a school zone where she would be exactly perfect. She's like that stop, stop clock that's right twice a day. But no, and the snowboards come down and, you know, they're as bad as the, as the students. You know they treat it like a hotel room. It's 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 miserable. Oh, you remember the stone lawns, the gravel lawns? Did you get those? Oh, not as many.
1: We had a lot of the St. Augustine grass. Tell me about oh. those.
0: Oh, in our neighborhood, this was very popular. So, if it's too time-consuming, xeriscaping and, they called it. No, no, they just called it pebbles then. But but your but xeriscaping <laughs> I think is is much more green. But now you could uh you, when you got your house, you know, you got your twenty thousand dollar house, you know, hey, nope, oh, hey, uh. uh, uh uh, I had to keep up a lawn in New Hope. I'm not going to do it here, <laughs> right? I'm not going to do Done it. Done with that. So you—it's not they do is Where you would normally have a lawn like a person, they put down thick like multi-mill like pl- plastic, and then cover your entire lawn with little stone pebbles. And then they get really mad if a kid's frisbee lands in there because oh, then yeah. they have to go and kick the pebbles back in. In my neighborhood, that was that was that was like the the the, the local exercise. It was like yelling at kids and kicking pebbles back onto the lawn. Oh. Shorts. All right. All year. Well, listen, so long to Florida. You, you've been good to us. If anybody wants to hear any more, ask any questions, um, or have any remarks, I'm sure you can send them to Dan and he can collect them for yeah, us. Right. All right. Sunshine State. <sighs> can we please button this up? Yes, let's do that. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. <laughs>